I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm Frankie Oliver, your host and founder of New Society. And today I am joined by UK editor John Harrington. Hello, John. Hi, Frankie. And our special guest, Viroslava Novosilna, founder and CEO of Ukraine-based consultancy Solver, which was the first agency founded in Ukraine to focus on tech businesses, IT startups and VC funds. So hello, Vero. Lovely to, for you to join us. Hello, Frankie. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. I will be happy to share everything that you will want to know about business in Ukraine and worldwide. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And really, there's, I mean, just looking over all, all the things that are part of your day job, Vera, we, I think we're going to have a lot to cover. So not only are you running um, Solver as a consultancy, but you're also the co-founder of VTech, which I believe is the largest community of women leaders in IT and digital businesses um, with over 5,000 members across um, the Ukraine, Germany, the Netherlands, UK, Switzerland, Poland, Portugal, and France. And I think really what we wanted to talk to you sort of most specifically today was that you also were one of the founding um, volunteers of the PR army, um, which was started on day one of the Ukraine war. Um, the PR army now includes uh, over 400 members and was set up to fight Russian propaganda and ensure that the world knew the truth um, about the war with very specific goals um, too around ensuring that Ukraine had a really strong presence in the global arena, that it was raising awareness about its needs for uh, financial and military support and also advocating for sanctions. I don't think any of us can imagine really listening, well, few of us can imagine listening to this podcast, just what it's been like for you over the last year, Vero, and what it's been like for your colleagues, your family and your friends. So we really are so grateful um, that you've joined us, you know, and, and a year on, uh, I think it's this week since the war began. Um, 
you know, we really wanted to come together to discuss, you know, what this last year has been been like for you and, and really what, what we can expect, um, what you're thinking you can expect in the year ahead. So firstly, I think very, because there's so much to discuss there, you know, it'd be great to understand a little bit more about your professional background and your agency, and then also how you came to be a part of the PR Army. Uh, thank you, Frankie, for this introduction. I started my public relations agency when I was uh, just 21. Uh, in public relations, I'm from uh, 18, uh, uh, thanks to uh, my education, because I finished uh, I uh, finished public relations uh, in the Institute of Journalism in Kiev. So um, from young age, uh, I was uh, I I know I knew very well you know, all the colleagues from the industry. And uh, in the in young age, uh, I met uh, my first uh, client. Uh, it was a Preply. It's a platform for uh, to find uh, tutors around the world. It's quite famous right now. But nine years ago, they just started, and uh, they uh, asked me to to help them with um, uh, press release distributing. Uh, it was the first time for me. I said, of course, yes, why not? It was all the time. <laughs> all the time I said, yes, why not? <laughs> Let's try, even if I didn't know what to do. Uh, we tried. We, we did very well. And after uh, he uh, hired us as public relations agency, that just started. It was just like a f- first month for us. And it was my uh, easy access to the tech industry in Ukraine. It was my first client, and uh, after uh, properly introduced me to all the tech uh, tech ecosystem uh, in Ukraine. So in the first year, uh, we met. I think the first ten clients and started to be quite uh, quite. Uh, efficient and I can say maybe a little famous mm-hmm. uh, in Kiev for this. Uh, so it was like it was nine years nine year ago, and uh, since then uh, we just uh, we we expand our business to uh, other countries because Ukrainian startups expanded their business to other countries. So we were just all the time together. Sounds like a really exciting journey and I'm sure what you weren't expecting was that you were then going to be on the front line of actually trying to manage the communications around the war in the Ukraine. So it would be great to hear about, like, you know, how did you end up in the PR army and, and kind of what happened from day one? I remember that I woke up in early morning, uh, six o'clock. I just um, opened my phone and I saw a lot of messages from uh, my friend. Uh, friends, family, and colleagues that was uh, in Kiev. This is that were in Kiev, and uh, uh, it was a one message. Uh, it's it started. Uh, everything was like uh, my my life is uh, stopped uh, for that moment because I was in France uh, with my husband, and all my life um, was in Kiev. And uh, I just I first of all I understood that. Uh, the, the main thing is uh, my my family and their friends might to be in um, in a good place in a safety place and uh, we we, start, we started to find uh, what to do uh, where to go uh, where where are the closest basements where to hide 
and uh, after uh, after my team find this safe place and they're literally hiding they're literally going somewhere hiding. to hide yeah yes in basements uh, we are still connected uh, we connected with uh, by sms <laughs> no internet for sure just a just a short text uh, sms and uh, of course in that moment uh, i understood uh, that uh, and you have already that this war is a hybrid war uh, it's not uh, only about the soldiers and tanks it's about informational war and um I am as a public relations specialist. Uh, I thought that I I really can I can change it. Maybe <laughs> I can even stop the war with all my efforts. You know, it's what how the person with with stress thinking that really we can stop it. Well, I think we live in such a different time now, don't we? Where communications has such power, and, and I can totally see where you you felt that felt like not only a huge opportunity but a phenomenal responsibility. Yes, it's true. It's because really, the the word is a sword now, and we need to use it uh, properly. So I uh, I created the email. Like I, I can't believe that the war started, and we like in the middle of that, like in the twenty first century. I can just believe it, but it's it's here. Uh, we need to stop it right now. So <laughs> if you can share the news about what's going on in uh, Ukraine, please share it via the articles. About it, I can uh, I can find any quotes uh, for you and uh, send it to all my media list uh, media list of uh, that we have in the agency around the world. It includes I think at least twelve countries, uh, and uh, all the journalists uh, started to answer us that they um, that they support us. They uh, will do that. Will do everything that is possible. Uh, and uh, they helped us a lot. They received so huge support from the international uh, communities, not only journalists, but public relations agencies as well, public relations communities. And uh, together with uh, our partners around the world, uh, during the first months, we gathered a lot of public relations agency that helped us to, to share the news um, in more than 200 uh, media, I think we, we receive huge mentions around the world. So it was my volunteer, <laughs> um, my volunteer way, uh, volunteer road just for the first three weeks. Uh, but it was like just Slovakia, PR, me and my partners. And then I understood that it's just impossible to do everything by. Uh, our own and we need to together um, our efforts and in this time I have already knew about public relation army uh, as an independent organization of Ukrainian communication experts and uh, I decided to, to join the, the army the publication army to show the truth about the Russian war against uh, Ukraine. And the main thing is to fight uh, Russian uh, disinformation and Russian propaganda. And it was, I think, the beginning of March, uh, maybe 10th of March. And since then, uh, I'm the part of uh, this nonprofit, the Telling Nonprofit Organization. And uh, we are trying to do our best. Uh, to 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 fight 
uh, Russian disinformation. And it sounded very, when we were chatting before, that such a key part of this was just ensuring that you were getting the truth out to the international media and actually when you sort of moved beyond you independently doing that with your team for three weeks, it became, it sounded like a really big job of fact checking and ensuring that you were, you were really delivering the most truthful and authentic news that you possibly could. Was that right? Was that, that was that really where you needed to lean into that support with the PR army? Uh, yes. Uh, um, yes, thank you. It's true. Uh, the main thing when you are sharing the news, the, the, when you share news uh, uh, about the war, uh, and uh, no one, uh, no one teached us how to be a public relation specialist in 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 between uh, inside the bar. How the how to share news properly, how to share truth properly. You know because uh, it's it's very important to do everything correctly because you even can do worse. Uh, if you uh, didn't, uh, if you if you don't uh, if you don't do fact checking properly, so that's why I joined the public relation army because uh, it's it's just impossible to do uh, by our own. But uh, we are recognizable uh, by uh, the government. I mean, they know that we are exist. They know that we are doing our work, uh, but we are totally independent. So just thinking back over this last year, I mean, I'm just, you know, thinking back to when you said you got that message, that text message that said it started. I mean, w- what happened then also? Your your team are trying to hide then, you know, is, is your client work continuing? Did it all just stop or w- what happened? Uh, for the first uh, month, I think that uh, we worked uh, 100% for, uh, for Ukraine, uh, tried to... Uh, to volunteer, try to do our best in in informational front, and our clients support us so much, uh, at, uh, and especially if we speak about international clients, because we worked uh, we worked and work a lot with the clients from uh, from the UK, from USA, uh, Great Britain, and Israel, and uh, none of uh, these those clients stopped the contract. Even if they uh, wrote us, we didn't expect from you anything right now, but we, uh, uh, but they wanted to support us. Uh, of course, Ukrainian clients couldn't uh, do it, so most of the Ukrainian clients cut it, cut uh, the contracts during the first months. Thank goodness you had, you know, an international client base that could support you and that they could support also your work with the PR army. I mean, it sounds like absolutely vital. None of us, I don't think, a few of us listening to this can really understand what it's been like for you over this last year. What have been some of the key stories, um, you know, of, of your experience? Would you say over, over this last twelve months? I just, uh, I just remember that the first months was, uh, was totally, uh, totally a mess and, and stress. It was like uh, uh, one, one big long day. I, I even didn't remember if I slept. Uh, or not, uh, because uh, important thing, my family, my family was in Kiev. Part of my relative, uh, my family was in Kiev. My relatives uh, were in Mariupol. My team in Kiev, in Odessa. So I was just totally uh, in Telegram shell shocked. I would have thought. News, yeah. Yes, and, and it was just 
it was just a horror story uh, and still a horror story to tell, to tell the truth. And uh, um, the, the hugest thing that uh, all my clients, you know, uh, I work, I work almost, I work in tech industry and uh, what what happened the first months a lot of a lot of CEO if they were represented as if they were represented by men uh, they went uh, to to the to army to combat but we still like continue to work with them but uh, some of them like had calls uh, from the front line for example without without connection uh, without uh, without connection without like, possibility to speak normally and it was like uh, it, it was really complicated to to live through it when like one week before uh, you spoke with the client and uh, he smiled with uh, he, he joked with you in zoom calls you, you saw the smiles and you you were speaking about um, about the new investment round and then one week after uh, you you had the conversation you had the conversation with him from the front line and he he, he was still speaking about the investment round uh, because nothing can stop from the front line from the front line yes wow i mean you know you just understand that even if the war came to ukraine nothing can stop Ukrainian to do their business uh, and uh, to, to build their companies. You know, there are incredibly uh, huge amount of the investment uh, during this uh, year that uh, Ukrainian startup startups received. There are a lot of amazing stories about it, but still it's uh, it's happened in front lines, in uh, basements, in uh, 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 in such uh, in such complicated uh, conditions, so uh, I mean it's, it was just complicated to maintain my team all the time. Uh, where uh, was in basement, my uh, my clients partly I, I all the time tried to find them. <laughs> they are or in basements or in front line uh, or just somewhere stuck to, in a traffic jam trying to, uh, to to go to the other part of the of Ukraine or to to flat so it was just uh, com- it was just just complicated right now uh, it's still the same i mean uh, of course uh, we we learn how to live in such conditions but it's not okay to live like this. I mean, it's still like, uh, you know, about the blackouts in Kyiv, for example. Uh, so for my, my team uh, right now, for example, crucial uh, to have the work condition. So we need to think uh, about uh, uh, Starlings to have internet uh, all the time uh, about the the basements or the place to hide if it will be uh, uh, air raid. So I mean I, I can say that uh, our team is very efficient <laughs> to work in such conditions because because uh, even still even to have such a com- like su- such difficulties. Um, and we are still working. Did you want to get, I mean, was there a point at which you thought about getting your team out of Kiev? Could you do that? 
uh, I can't do this because uh, is there uh, my my team's choice to stay in Kiev and uh, it's. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Their hometown, and uh, I totally respect this. Uh, I saw my team the first time after the after one year in Warsaw uh, two weeks ago. I can, can you imagine it uh, after one year to see each other? Uh, it was just... <laughs> Uh, a lot of uh, emotions, and uh, we, we were uh, we went to the uh, to the co-working to work like it was before in Warsaw in Google Campus, you know, with all this um, startup vibe. But I was like a stalker. I was just watching my team, uh, and I couldn't believe that I can see them. You know, to touch just to touch them to be uh, in one uh, in one screen <laughs> to have a call. You know, like John, remember we have a call with you the time when I was uh, yes, with Vera. Yeah, <laughs> it was just <laughs> incredible. I think that um, it's something that we want uh, to be uh, to be like to have this possibility again to to be with uh, our team when we want to be in one place uh, in one room, not to try to find uh, all the time that this possibility. And how are the conditions now of you managing a team a year on? Is it the same? Has it changed? Is there more stability? Uh, I think that uh, we are quite stable. Oh, my business is, uh, our business is quite well. Um, you know, uh, this, all of these challenges um, are complicated, but we are quite strong and we managed them uh, well. I mean, you have no connection you buy a Starlink. You, you, you have no electricity, you buy a generator. I mean, you try to do like all the conditions to have the, the best the best work conditions. You always found a solution to a problem yes. effectively. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and also that I'm in France and uh, also I have the part of the uh, the team uh, around the Europe as well. So uh, we can balance it. I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating and obviously very, very distressing. But thank you for sharing all of those those sort of personal experiences. I'm I'm keen to know about um, some of the Russian disinformation that that you've seen and and how you and the the rest of the PR army have been counteracting that really and, and reacting to it. Mm. Uh, um, yes, about the disinformation. It's uh, you know uh, Russia. Uh, is, is, if to speak about this information, it's not about uh, only the last year uh, or de- decade. It may be about uh, about the decades. Yes, if to speak about the informational attacks. So, according to Detector Media, is an organization that analyzes Ukrainian media content. And according to our uh, analysis that we did in. Um, and that we met in public relations army, we have more than 2,000 informational attacks, including fake news that was uh, launched by Russia uh, during the last year. Can you just imagine it? 2,000 informational attacks. And it's in, and it includes, uh, so it, it's happened around the world. It's not only about Ukraine. I mean, they have uh, the agent the agents around the world, uh, everywhere in Europe, in the USA, uh, in the UK, and uh, according, and also we have the startup in Ukraine. It uh, the name is uh, Let's Data. Uh, they uh, they analyze uh, the, the uh, informational attacks as well, uh, and they shared in their report that it was like almost 7,000 articles published in 37 countries contained Russian propaganda. That is extraordinary. I mean, it's just an absolute machine, isn't it? I mean, there's a very similar similar thing happening in climate change. Um, and it is extraordinary. I mean, I think the explosion of social media as well has made it so much harder because it's so much easier to spread that misinformation. What kind of, what kind of misinformation has, has been the most common? Is it rumors about mil- the military situation is it um is, is it things about the situation in kiev and you know the morale of uh, ukrainian people um what have been the sort of most common bits of misinformation do you, do you think oh uh, <laughs> even try it's complicated to choose something right yeah. now yeah. but remember when this, uh, just at the beginning uh it was a huge um uh, uh, disinformation wave about that um, the president uh, left Kiev, uh, but uh, it was not true. Uh, then it was this, just something really like strange and uh, strange news about like that uh, we have the like biological weapons uh, and spread it with the uh, pigeons, <laughs> you know, pigeons. something like this. Pigeons, yeah. Wow. Why not? Why not pigeons? Why not? <laughs> and I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know who even uh, create such stories. I, I I just I don't understand how how, how they do it. Uh, and uh, I just um, I, I even found the um, uh, the like the the website 
uh, European uh, versus disinformation, uh, and uh, there's like an organization, and they publish uh, all the stories that they found about the disinformation daily. So it's very interesting uh, to see. And uh, of course, it's almost about the military situation, uh, of course. And to um, to find this disinformation, uh, uh, public relations army uh, will um, uh, will make the press uh, to find this disinformation. Public relations army create the tool, uh, the website where you can find the experts uh, or check the experts with whom journalist uh, wants uh, wants to speak. Um, like the huge problem uh, right now is that there are not enough Ukrainian voices uh, represented uh, in media, and public relations army wants to to give this easy access to journalists, uh, and they will uh, do the um, public relation. Uh, they will do the press event, the voices of freedom, and. Um, the main thing is uh, that they will speak is about responsible, ethical, and uh, reliable coverage of the Russian war against Ukraine. Uh, and uh, the most important to uh, to share ways of fighting Russian disinformation. And the one of the tool is to um, uh, and one of the main things is to give the uh, Ukrainian voices to speak because uh, it's sometimes, usually, to tell the truth, it happens that uh, uh, when journalists um, describe the events in Ukraine, they don't ask uh, reliable sources. So it's one of the things. Yes, no, absolutely. Thank you for, for, for taking us through that. And I guess we're going to be going out to a lot of people who work in communications industry in the UK and lots of other countries. I mean, what more would you would you like the communications industry to do um, to help this effort? And, and if people want to get involved and, and volunteer, what, what would you recommend that they do? Uh, the first thing, uh, if you're speaking about communication industry like at all, and uh, also about uh, journalism, it's uh, very important to uh, still to speak about uh, the war, uh, and um, because after one year, of course, there are a lot of other topics, but still the war in Ukraine is here, and it's important to speak about it. Uh, important uh, to to invite Ukrainian experts, specialists to share. Uh, their experience, so to to give this room to them. Uh, also, uh, it's very important uh, for us uh, to be uh, to be seen, because uh, of course the the war in Ukraine right now uh, we understand that it's have already one year, and I don't know how how long more it will be. So the more we will speak about it, the more we will invite Ukrainian experts to to, to share uh, to, to share their experience. Uh, more we will have uh, armory. Uh, more more we will have uh, weapons, and of course, 
uh, I hope that everything together that will st- it, it will stop the war in the end. I can so empathise with, I remember there was a couple of points I remember over the last year when I just felt like the war had just slipped off the media agenda. And, you know, there were, you know, I know that we've obviously hit the year anniversary and it's, you know, it's definitely top again, but I think it's such a message to us all that we need, you know, ensure that we keep our voices and the message high for, for the Ukrainian people to really ensure that it stays at the top of the media agenda. Absolutely. Is is there a is there a sort of useful website or, I mean, presumably the, the PR army has a have has a website. We're happy to link to it that people can, if they work in comms, that they can they can visit to to volunteer. Yes, of course. Uh, it's a very easy website. It's a pr dot army. Great, thank you. So Vera, we've also talked about the fact that many men of have obviously been called up and actually uh, can't leave the Ukraine on and are literally on the front line, and this has meant that really. It's the majority of women um, in the Ukraine who are now running business. Is that correct? Yes, uh, it's correct. And uh, uh, because of um, the most of the uh, the most of the men uh, stayed in Ukraine, uh, or they can't leave the country, or they stay in Ukraine and keep uh, working with their business, or they went to the uh, army or they volunteer, but still they in Ukraine. Do you have more women moving into leadership positions as a, as a result? I mean, gosh, I'm thinking my grandmother in the Second World War. I mean, she was one of the first yeah. women to be posted in Africa and then, you know, had the most incredible responsibility. And actually, when she came back into 1950s Britain, that all went away and she had to become a housewife again. But it's a very different situation now, isn't it? I mean, do you sort of feel that actually maybe there's something happening for women in terms of opportunity and leadership and responsibility? Is, is, is that what's happening? Yes, uh, of course. There's a... Uh, there's a- the huge shift in leadership uh, uh, because of men mostly like in the army or a state in Ukraine uh, and uh, women needs to uh, needs to operate to start to operate companies they uh, for example if they before um, like uh, had uh, another position in companies that, that now this, they started to be CEO, for example, my friend Ivana, uh, her husband right now in army, and uh, she uh, she became she became CEO. She uh, moved to the USA uh, with her kid, uh, and uh, she moved to USA because it's the best place right now for her to uh, have investments. So. She went to the conferences, she sells, she, she do all the business development. Uh, at the same time, her husband, who was a CEO before, he is a frontline together with uh, her father uh, as well. Wow. So was she working in the business already or did she just sort of step into that role when he, when he went into the army? Uh, no, they were together in this uh, startup, but he was CEO, and I think that she, um, her responsibility was uh, more in marketing and sales, but right now she's the only one responsible for the whole business. And uh, this is just one story of uh, one uh, woman uh, in, from, from Ukraine, but uh, there are a lot of stories. And that's how, that's why we expand uh, VTEC to other countries. Uh, that's a community for uh, female leaders that we launched five years ago. 
to support the women who fled the country, who fled Ukraine, who face right now new challenges, uh, how to manage uh, the companies, how to find uh, investments, how to hire, because it's quite complicated to when you have so, so lot of work to do for the other team. So, I mean, it, that, as you say, that's just one story. There must be thousands, millions of stories in, in the Ukraine. If, if all the men have, have gone to the front line, that women must be stepping into literally run everything else effectively. And therefore, your organization, VTech, must be just so critical in terms of giving that support to women. Yeah, right now we have 5,000 participants in VTech and we are growing. So uh, I think this uh, numbers are, this numbers speaks a lot uh, about it. And um, it's it's very, cha- it's, it's quite challenging, you know, because uh, uh, this, all, all these women, it's not only about that they, um, they rule companies, uh, and uh, they need to to sell, to 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 hire, and to uh, to do all the all the jobs that, uh, that that must be done. But the thing is that uh, they are in, in, they are foreigners, in uh, and it's quite complicated to be uh, in around the world and don't when you don't know anyone part of the international community yes and also i mean mothers carers you know <laughs> literally it's not just the businesses is it it's keeping everything else going yes it's, this is this is a huge <laughs> uh, it's, it's really huge because uh, women left countries with kids of course and uh, so they are, they need to carry kids they need to, uh, to to support their families that say that still in Ukraine, for example, parents, and still to uh, to manage their companies. This feels like an untold story. <laughs> you see the images of women leaving with children, but you don't sort of see all the level of responsibility that they may have on their shoulders. I, I feel like this is definitely a story that needs to be told. Yeah, absolutely. I guess one more question from me: um, what's what's next for the the PR army. What what do you see your priorities for? I guess the months ahead. I think the main uh, the, the main priority is uh, to launch uh, this uh, instrument uh, that I told uh, before uh, to fight disinformation because uh, uh, if it will be more truth uh, about uh, the war in Ukraine around the world, uh, it will be. Uh, because it's it's quite important to have the truth about the war uh, around the world, and so it will be the main priority right now. So uh, if you can go to the website and to uh, subscribe to the all the news and to share uh, with all of your journalists that you know and the, with the community that we launch this instrument to find the experts, it will be just. Great. Well, I think if you can share that with us, I think that's something Appeal Week can definitely share with the rest of the community. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll have a link to it. So thank you for that. And I think we're probably out of time. So Vero, thank you so much for um, speaking to us today um, and all the best. Yeah, we, Vera, it's been so wonderful to meet you. And I just can't believe, you know, what you've been through over this last year. And we really just send you our best wishes and, and love and support for you and your team and your family um, in the coming coming years. Thank you very much. It was a great 
uh, great hour. <laughs> thank you to the chat and uh, thank you to to cover uh, this uh, important things with the audience. Thank you, Vera. Thank you, Vera. So I think that brings us to the end of this week's show. And as ever, thank you so much to everybody for listening. And we will look forward to you joining us next time. 